United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. President Donald Trump addressed a crowd of over 100,000 in India the day before yesterday. The First Lady and I have just traveled 8,000 miles around the globe to deliver a message to every citizen across this nation. America loves India. America respects India. And America will always be faithful and loyal friends to the Indian people. Now, what does this mean concretely? Let's get some analysis. Vikram Singh is senior advisor of the Asia Center at the United States Institute of Peace. We should note on his resume, he was deputy assistant secretary of defense for South and Southeast Asia from 2012 to 2014. Also, deputy special representative for Afghanistan and Pakistan at the State Department at one time is the recipient of the Defense Medal for Distinguished Civilian Service and the Department of State Superior Honor Award. A couple of awards coming his way. He is joining us now, Vikram Singh, who is tweeting at VJS underscore policy. Vikram Singh, welcome. Welcome back, I should say, to POTUS. Hey, great. Glad to be with you. What was the mission of the president, aside from being able to stand in front of 100,000-plus people and say wonderful things about Narendra Modi, the prime minister? What, what else did he hope to come away with? Were there deliverables on this trip? Well, first of all, I think that um, that great big rally uh, is the kind of thing that both President Trump and Prime Minister Modi really relish. It's sort of signature to both of their politics. And that was um, actually a key objective of this trip was to have this public demonstration of the partnership and the friendship and and show both of them off and sort of repay uh, the repay the Indians got to repay Donald Trump for the Howdy Modi event, which was a similar huge rally that Prime Minister Modi did last year in Houston in front of 50,000 people. So it's become sort of a signature thing in their relationship. You know, the, but the main deliverables were defense deals, some energy deals, um, and, and, the, and the symbolism of this partnership continuing to grow basically as it has for the entire 21st century for the last 20 years across administrations. Um, those defense deals were a little over $3 billion. Uh, there's you know, increases in exports of natural gas from the United States to India. But um, they didn't get one thing done that people had uh, expected and hoped for, which was a first step towards a bilateral trade agreement, which is, is really kind of the big prize in U.S.-India relations, at least on the economic front. Let's talk about something else the president raised in this speech the other day. We just hope, and I said, I'll help. I'll do whatever I have to do if I can do that, because my relationship with both gentlemen is so good. Uh, but there has been difficulty in Pakistan, and we're seeing what we can do about it. Anything I can do to mediate, anything I can do to help, I would do. He had mentioned it in the speech, but that was during the press conference that he held yesterday. Is this an actual thing that might happen? I think it's really unlikely. Um, I don't think there's any harm with the president of the United States saying he wants to offer good offices between any countries and there is uh, that, that have conflict. And there's no doubt that India and Pakistan is a, is a, is a dynamic that would lead lots of people to worry countries with relations really at a bad point that have fought several wars in the past um, and that are both nuclear powers. And so I think that's fine. I think the, the, the fact is that the, the Indians have never welcomed uh, third party 
assistance in their dispute with Pakistan, which they see as a purely bilateral issues. The Pakistanis, in contrast, have have often thought that outside mediation would would probably serve their interests, so they've been more interested in it. Um, I suspect that unless this were to be something that both leaders uh, came to the United States or another third party and asked for, uh, you know, hey, would you help us uh, broker something? I suspect that it's just, um, you know, a perfectly nice thing to say, but it's not going to have any impact on that, uh, on the tensions between those two countries. Vikram J. Singh is with us, Senior Advisor of the Asia Center at the United States Institute of Peace. I thought it was interesting. We were carrying the press briefing yesterday, the press conference the president was having, and the U.S. press questions included things about his back and forth with Supreme Court justices like Sonia Sotomayor and the Russian interference. But the questions from the local domestic press in India, I'm thinking, and BBC was in there, had to do with the H-1B visas on immigration. Another question on that, what we just talked about with Pakistan. Another one on the Afghanistan situation. And I'm wondering, uh, so what would be the, the role, what, what would be the role of India playing in um, an agreement with Afghanistan and the Taliban moving forward? Yeah, so this is actually really interesting because uh, in terms of support for Afghanistan, the United States and India have been extraordinarily closely aligned. India's biggest foreign aid recipient uh, is Afghanistan, um, something over $3 billion, which is rather substantial for a country like India that's not sort of in, in the global foreign aid business in a big way. And, and India is an extremely strong supporter of the government in Afghanistan, whether it was Hamid Karzai's government or the current government of Ashraf Ghani, the Indians have basically said, we stand with the Afghan government and have been very uh, doubtful about getting any kind of good deal with, uh, with the Taliban. So they're, they're um, nervous about, US, about the U.S. negotiations with the Taliban and the potential for this deal to lead, if it, if it fails to sort of lead to a stronger Taliban control of Afghanistan, which the Indians would see as really against their um, their interests. On the other hand, they support the Afghan people's desire for peace. I think the role the Indians could best play is being a voice in support of, of maintaining the progress that Afghanistan has seen. Girls being able to go to school, modernizing the economy, trying to move forward and get out of the sort of you know, sort of the long, painful 40 years of war that that country has had. So I think the Indians can play a positive role, and I hope that that's what they'll do. They'll be sort of the, a skeptical but supportive partner in trying to help Afghanistan get to get to a sustainable peace. Last question, the, the president and the first family, I guess. We had uh, his daughter was there, and along with Jared Kushner, visiting Taj Mahal. There was pomp. There was pageantry, the 100,000 people at the rally. Yet in the wake of the president's visit today, we hear the report that at least 20 people were killed, 189 injured in three days of fighting in New Delhi, coinciding with the president's visit to India. Are they connected, and, and or, or what does it say about Mr. Modi's popularity or lack thereof in India? Well, I mean, this is really important. And, you know, hearts go out to victims of the violence, which have included a police officer, a lot of innocent shopkeepers. You know, India has, has a long history of communal violence, primarily between Hindus and Muslims, um, with a very large Muslim minority, some you know, almost 200 million Muslim citizens of India. Uh, that tension harkens back to the separation of India and Pakistan into a Hindu majority India and a Muslim state in Pakistan um, at independence. And, you know, it, and it erupts 
for, uh, you know, fairly regularly. So there's a long history of intercommunal violence. Um, you know, the timing is really terrible. It doesn't look it doesn't look at all good to have talk all the talk of religious harmony and and human rights uh, in this this really high profile state visit, and then to have communal violence descending on New Delhi, the capital of India. Um, and I think it's a test for this government of whether they can sort of uh, tamp that down through engagement with the, with the communities. The one thing that's been really worrying has been there have been political figures in India, you know, who I think people feel have been stoking rather than tamping down um, the kind of hostile sentiments between the communities. Um, and this all comes in the wake of some controversial legislation passed in India that favors religious minorities from neighboring countries uh, coming in as refugees and gaining citizenship if they're not Muslim. So Hindus or Jains or Christians from neighboring countries now have a faster track to citizenship and concerns that there might be a, a trend towards sort of two classes of citizenship in India. Um, the government assures everyone that that's not their intention, um, but it's led to a lot of peaceful protests all across the country for, um, for, for weeks, over, you know, well over a month now. And here we're seeing those peaceful protests get um, turn, turn violent. And hopefully it's something that can be addressed, um, can be addressed quickly. Um, and India can, can go back, get back on, on track of being a diverse and peaceful uh, uh, democracy. Vikram J. Singh, thank you for taking us beyond the headlines, Vikram. Thanks for being on POTUS today. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks. Vikram J. Singh is Senior Advisor of the Asia Center for the United States Institute of Peace. Long-time experience, as we pointed out in the beginning, handling and discussing some of these issues, and specifically about the President's visit to India and what we can take away from what the President took away from India, tweeting at VJS underscore policy. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.